0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Van Maren Show on lifesightnews.com. My name is Jonathan Van Maren and today we're going to be talking to pro-life activist Anna-Marie Visser. She is the Communications Coordinator for Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children. Now, those of you who are not Michiganders might not know what's currently going on in that state. We have a situation where Michigan, like many other states, had trigger laws that restricted abortion that were to go into effect immediately after Roe v. Wade. We also have a Democratic governor, Gretchen Whitmer. Many of you may remember her performance during the COVID-19 crisis, who is campaigning for Planned Parenthood and for the abortion industry. And she is attempting to not only slow down the implementation of Michigan's pro-life laws through lawsuits, she is also attempting to support a referendum question about question coming on in november that would enshrine abortion into michigan's constitution thus subverting not only any pro-life laws that should be back on the books but to eradicate existing pro-life laws and to eliminate the opportunity to restrict abortion and protect pre-born children in the womb in the future they are in a lot in need of a lot of help and a lot of attention right now and so to bring this issue to your attention i had this conversation i hope you do find it interesting and i hope that any of you who are in a position to help out will do so all right today we have with us Anna Visser and we want to talk about what's going on specifically in the state of Michigan after the fall of Roe v. Wade there are all of these pro-life battles now breaking out across the U.S. as states are enabled to either expand or restrict abortion access Anna what was the status quo in Michigan when Roe v. Wade fell
1: In Michigan, there was three different fronts that were going on to kind of promote abortion. So once Roe v. Wade was overturned, we had our our law that was in place and has been in place for many years. And so in preparation for that Planned Parenthood, our governor And several pro-abortion activists knew that this was going to be coming and that our law was still in place. And so they filed several different lawsuits against, you know, against our attorney general, against the law, against our county prosecutors, hoping that it would block the 1931 law. And so Governor Whitmer and Planned Parenthood's lawsuits have been effective in that. We still have injunctions on our law, so we're not able to enforce it right right now, unfortunately. So those are still in place. It's a weekly battle. Those lawsuits are changing every day. And so it's kind of hard to keep up with them, but we're working with Alliance Defending Freedom in the court and hoping that we can get those laws back into place soon. And then the the second front that is going on against the unborn and to support abortion is this Reproductive Freedom for All Abortion Amendment, or as we like to call it, the Anything Goes Abortion Amendment. It is Proposal 3 on our November ballot. And so we created the Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children Coalition. We have several different pro-life coalition members who were all working together to fight against this in all of the radical and very dangerous and very extreme measures that it has in it and you know this amendment would repeal several of our laws that we have in michigan that protect women that protect parents that protect the unborn that protect children so that amendment would be very detrimental to michigan it is not what we need in michigan not what any michigander wants it is far too extreme and then the third th- front that we are facing also in Michigan is we have our elections coming up in November where people will get to vote on the amendment, but they'll also get to vote, hopefully, for pro-life candidates who will be in support of pro-life legislation that we'll have in the future, will be in support of any pro-life laws that we have now. We have the governor up for reelection. We have our attorney general up for reelection. So it's going to be really important that we can get some pro-life candidates in our offices
0: just to give the listeners a bit of context for what the political makeup of, of Michigan looks like, Michigan is one of those states that will frequently flip back and forth between Republican and Democratic governors. So who who holds the, the, the gubernatorial office and who holds the majority of seats in the legislatures at the moment?
1: For our governor, we have Governor Whitmer. She is very pro-abortion. She's constantly working to expand abortion in Michigan. She wants unlimited and unrestricted abortion. You can see that in her efforts with these lawsuits. And she's also was a part of promoting the pro-abortion amendment that will be on the November ballot. She publicly stated that she did sign the petition to get that added into the November ballot. So she's very actively working every single day, especially with the media, to promote abortion. She has put out several motions, lawsuits, executive orders that are very radical in support for abortion. And then within our legislation, I believe it's still pretty 50-50. I'm not quite sure the layout of that. And obviously that will all change this November as well with elections.
0: So let's talk about this so-called reproductive health amendment or, or what you guys are calling the anything goes amendment. If this amendment were to pass in November, what would be the immediate consequences of that?
1: So proposal three, if it was to pass in November, would completely change every law regarding pregnancy in Michigan. This amendment doesn't just codify Roe in Michigan. It doesn't just make abortion legal in Michigan. It would change essentially every everything related to pregnancy. So it would get rid of our parental consent laws. It would change the definition of fetal viability to possibly not include infants or the unborn that need extraordinary medical prevention, such as NICU babies or babies that need oxygen after they are born. It would allow abortion to be unregulated in Michigan. So any medical health care professional would be able to perform or refer for abortions. And essentially anyone that are non-doctors would be able to to perform abortions. Another huge thing that would be very radical for Michigan and very dangerous for women is that it would eliminate all abortion facility regulations and health standards. So none of these facilities would be regulated by... You know, health departments, they would have no standards to follow going along with our parental consent point. It would make it so that parents wouldn't have any consent if their minors were receiving abortions and schools would not have to get the OK from parents. School personnel would be able to take their children, their students into, you know, b- abortion facilities to either get abortions or to receive hormone therapy, and parents would never have to be notified or get consent. So this amendment is very dangerous for everyone involved, families, you know, doctors, the unborn teachers, someone would really be in jeopardy and be affected by this amendment if it were to pass.
0: So just to be clear for the listeners, when you refer to hormone therapy, you're referring to puberty blockers and transition drugs that Planned Parenthood has opened a very lucrative sideline in dispensing. Is that correct? Correct. What's interesting is how radical this proposal is in a state that has flipped back and forth between between conservative and, and liberal legislators. Where do the average Michiganders stand on the abortion issue?
1: You know, we've seen time and time again that the majority of people in Michigan and even across the US don't support Unrestricted and unlimited abortions, majority of people in Michigan don't support late term abortion. they don't support partial birth abortion, which would be another thing that would be permitted under this amendment we are we have a ban on those in Michigan, and that ban would be repealed under this amendment and so majority of people in Michigan don't support you know no regulations, no safety standards. They, they support parental consent, they support keeping women safe. And this amendment goes against everything that people in Michigan support and believe in.
0: What really worries me about amendments like this is what we saw in, in Ireland in 2018, is that what people voted for isn't actually what was proposed on the ballot. And so uh, in, in Ireland, right, the legislation proposed by by the government at the time was extremely radical and it was far far to the left of what the average person in middle ireland actually supported but because they were led by media and political propaganda to see ireland's eighth amendment as victimizing women like savita halapanavar or women with fatal fetal abnormalities or these handful of extremely rare cases they voted to do away with the eighth amendment and there was this very powerful video shot by my friend tim jackson shortly after the referendum where he went up to average people in dublin and elsewhere and just described the new abortion status quo in ireland and asked if they supported it and to a man and to a woman they were all appalled that this was going to be the status quo in ireland but they had been persuaded by propaganda that fixated on rare circumstances to vote for something that they were not actually in, in support of is this the situation in michigan too
1: Yes, that is definitely playing out in Michigan. We have seen that over and over again. Unfortunately, a lot of people believe that this amendment will just codify Roe in Michigan and that it will simply make abortion legal. What they don't know and what the sponsors of this amendment, which is Planned Parenthood and the ACLU, what they haven't been truthful about is all the other radical things that they're also pushing through in this amendment that we believe even pro-choice people wouldn't support this amendment because it is so radical. And so from the, from the very beginning, you know, we've just been trying to get the word out that the language in this amendment is confusing. People don't know what it's trying to do. If it was intentional to be confusing, there's a lot of unintended consequences that is written into this language. And, this isn't just a piece of legislation that can get, you know, opined on in the future and people can interpret it how mm-hmm. they will. This is something that is going into our state constitution. It is amending our constitution and is going to be written in permanent ink into our state. It's not something that can be changed And it's not something that legislators can go back on and say, well, I think they meant this, and so I'm just going to change it. So I think just trying to get that out to the general public, trying to rise above all of the noise of the media, who is going along with the talking points of, oh, this is just to legalize abortion in Michigan.
0: If this resolution were to pass and Michigan's state constitution was amended, would the status quo in Michigan look now similar to, say, California or New York?
1: So actually, this amendment would make us even more radical than California or New York. California and New York don't have abortion within their constitution. I believe California is kind of at the point where we are right now, where they are trying to get an amendment onto their November or their elections this fall. So they're, they're kind of in the same process that Michigan is in right now, but it would make us one of the most radical states in our country.
0: On the ground right now, so there's not much time before the November election, how has the opposition, the abortion activists, mobilized in favor of this? What are we up against?
1: They started this in January is when they announced their intentions to put this amendment on the November ballot and so they've been working but we've also been working to fight against it since January right when we found out about it we you know had plans in place and got our coalition prepared and so unfortunately the pro-abortion side does can use the media to their advantage to spread awareness about their amendment so that's probably the biggest thing that they've been using. Also, Governor Whitmer's a huge advocate for this amendment. And so they have had a lot of publicity from her in supporting this, unfortunately. But our side is also out on the ground talking to people about this every single day. We have our TV ads and our social media is always up to date. We're always on there posting about it, just making sure that everyone in Michigan has heard about this Proposal 3 and knows that they should vote no for it.
0: Is Governor Whitmer still popular? My understanding is she had a pretty appalling performance during COVID and that she was a lot less popular than she had been.
1: Yes, I believe that that was kind of the consensus in 2020 during COVID. She had a lot of radical different policies and restrictions during COVID. That wasn't really our issue, so we never talked about that within the work that we do at Right to Life of Michigan. But I believe that she is using this platform of, you know, abortion is at risk in Michigan and I'm here to fight for women and I'm here to make sure that we have abortion in Michigan. And so I think that's kind of re-energized her base a little bit. And so you'll see every other day she's in the media talking something about abortion putting some sort of executive order out there to make sure that she people believe that she's trying to help them in some sort of way. What
0: sort of things and stories are the media telling that you guys find yourselves having to constantly rebut?
1: Ever since Roe versus Wade, we're constantly having to remind people that miscarriage care is not abortion. And that ectopic pregnancies women will be treated for their ectopic pregnancies we're constantly having to remind the media and people who are confused about that whether they're pro-life or pro-choice that that will not change no matter what in michigan no matter the laws women will always be cared for for their miscarriages and their ectopic pregnancies
0: do you find when you're going door to door and talking with people that these talking points are gaining a lot of traction
1: Yeah, definitely. If people haven't heard about it yet and we've brought it to their attention, a lot of people are very surprised that the amendment is so radical. A lot of people, whether they've heard the talking points of, oh, this is just to legalize abortion, and then you explain it a little further and you give them the actual language of the amendment and what is going to appear on our ballot, which is the summary. And they read it and they say, oh, I, you know, That makes so much more sense. I definitely don't want to vote for that.
0: How many people would you say that you've managed to reach with your campaign so far?
1: We've been able to have a wide reach because we do have 17 plus coalition members within the Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children Coalition. We also have a really great base, Right to Life of Michigan, with our, I think we have a little over 100 affiliates across the state who are doing an amazing job. At making sure that their communities, whether that be their churches or schools or whatever organizations they're able to reach out to, that they're handing out flyers, they're educating people, they're making sure people see our ads, whatever it may be. There's a lot of effort going on right now to just get the word out and to spread it to vote no on proposal free.
0: So let's talk about this coalition for a minute. I know a a couple of groups involved with the, the coalition and I think close to... Yeah, like eleven. No, nine years ago, I actually spoke at a Michigan Right to Life dinner when they unveiled one of their TV ads. And, and some of the ads that, that that Michigan Right to Life produces are just magnificent. I think it was called "Start with Life." Was the one that they unveiled at that time. What kind of groups are are part of your are part of your coalition going forward?
1: We have, I think, around seventeen or a little bit more different coalition members. We've tried to really encompass you know the general population population within this coalition so we have you know the Knights of Columbus Protect Life Michigan who does a great job at reaching our campuses and high schools in Michigan we have nurses for life we have the Michigan Catholic Conference who is one of our partners within this coalition so they are helping sponsor this coalition with us i know we have a couple pregnancy resource centers Within there, I know we have just a couple other pro-life organizations on the east side of the state, and they've all been really helpful in trying to get the word out to their base and to their volunteers and then being able to spread it even even beyond that to people that aren't pro-life, just the general population.
0: So let's talk about what the campaign looks like in detail. So you talked about you got TV ads, of course, social media is is a really important way of reaching people, despite how difficult it often is for pro-lifers to utilize those platforms as effectively as as say others could. What is the what does it on the ground look like if you're trying to both persuade voters and get out the vote? What are the ways that you're doing that?
1: First and foremost, you know, we do have our social media and our TV, but on the ground, I would say just our base does a really good job of that from right to life. And I know all of our other coalition members also have their own base. And so, you know, I think we start out by just slowly getting it out to our volunteers, and then using whatever events we were having or whatever activities we already had planned to just spread it a little further. We're really trying to focus on door knocking and then just being able to reach the people that we don't have interactions with every day has been really important. So door knocking has been really big. Protect Life Michigan does a great job of just going out on the streets and talking with people and having conversations with the general public. So that's been really helpful as well.
0: What kind of conversations have been happening door to door? I've done a lot of door knocking in, in Canada, in Ireland, and elsewhere. And it's always really interesting that different places fixate on on different things. And what what is it like to door knock in a, in a post-row world?
1: I think this effort is a little different compared to when you think about Roe v. Wade or you think about pro-life door knocking in general. You know, whether you are pro-abortion or pro-life, whatever you may... Classify yourself as. It's important that you, you know, read the information and that you know about it regardless of where you find yourself. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people who are pro choice are going to vote no on this because it is so radical, because it does take away their. Um, Their rights as parents for their children does take them completely out of the conversation when talking about abortion or hormone therapy or anything related to sex. It's going to take the parents out of that. And so, you know, even even pro-abortion or pro-choice doctors, OBGYNs, these are the people who are going to have to take a step back and say, wait a minute, I care about the safety of women. I don't want them in danger. And I don't think having a massage therapist perform an abortion on them, a late term abortion on them, because that will be allowed under this amendment. I don't think that's best for the women. I don't think that's in their best interests. And so kind of gearing the conversation more towards this is the reality of Michigan. And this is what at stake. And this is how dangerous and how extreme this amendment is and no matter who you are or where you are in your life or what you if you're pro-choice or pro-not pro-choice or pro-life you need to think about this and learn about it and really contemplate what that would mean for michigan
0: so do you find that pro-choice people upon hearing what's in the amendment are actually willing to vote against it even though there's going to be a lot of pressure from their side to vote for it anyways
1: Within the last couple months, we've really tried to focus on having conversations with everyone on the spectrum of this debate. And a lot of pro-choice people say, you know, I like, I want my parental rights. I want women to be safe. I want there to be abortion facility regulations and health standards. And just being able to see in the past where, you know, other states took those Took those laws and regulations out, and it went poorly, being able to show them that. And so they have said, you know, I, I'm not going to vote for this, even though I am pro-abortion or pro-choice and I, I want abortion for Michigan, I'm still not going to vote it because this is not the way to get there. What do the polls look like right now? Polling is tricky, especially when, you know, it depends on who does it. I know I saw one from a couple weeks ago, where they're asking sort of leading questions and the questions they are asking in the polling doesn't really get down to what this amendment will do. It doesn't say, do you support all these laws being repealed? Because that's exactly what it's going to do. And so when you ask people very general and simplified questions, you're not going to get the results that reflect what you're actually saying you polled about, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, Peter Hitchens once said that polls are usually done to influence results rather than report directly on them.
1: Yeah, and we've seen several times in our last efforts with ballot proposals or fighting against them that we've always been down in the polling. And one way or another, we we pull through. So I don't think polling is any indication of of how this amendment is gonna go. We we believe that Michigan does not want this radical amendment in our state constitution.
0: So what is the, the time between now and election day look like for you guys and for all of the affiliates and all of the partners in this campaign?
1: It's going to look very busy. We are dedicated 100% of the time, all of our time and effort is going into fighting this amendment, into making sure we reach as many families, houses as possible, our door knocking, our, our TV ads, our social media, just making sure that we get as much content out as possible making sure that we, you know, we're there for people when they have questions, we're able to explain it. So just really focusing all of our effort into fighting this amendment is what we're going to be doing for the next month.
0: Where can people find your social media? Where, they, where can they
1: track this campaign and how can they help? Our website is supportmiwomenandchildren.org. You can find all of the information, our social media graphics, any explanation, if you're confused about the amendment, or you can read the original language within there. You can find any educational materials, anything you would need to help fight against this amendment, you can find on that website. Our social medias, we have Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Those, if you just type out our coalition name, which is Citizens Support Michigan Women and Children, those will pop right up. And all of our posts are shareable, and you can pass them along to your family and friends if they have questions as well. But it's really important that people volunteer right now. We need volunteers more than ever. Donating is also really important for us right now, just so we can get out our TV ads, we can get out any educational materials that will help fight against this amendment.
0: Anna, thank you so much for taking the time to go through all of this with us. You're welcome. Thank you for reaching out. Ladies and gentlemen, that was my conversation with Anna-Marie Visser, the Communications Coordinator for Citizens to Support Michigan Women and Children. We will be seeing fights unfolding across the United States in the coming months and the coming years as the pro-life fight goes from a federal level to, in many cases, down to an individual level. And so we hope to keep you informed on these as best you can. We'll also, of course, be tracking these news developments at lifesitenews.com, where reporters cover an entire range of these issues if you want to subscribe to this podcast to keep abreast of current developments please head over to lifesitenews.com click on the podcast tab you'll find our podcast there and you can listen to past shows and subscribe to receive future ones thanks so much for your time this week and we do hope you'll tune again next week